0: hello everyone i'm anita and welcome to care Expert live brought to you by care credit care credit is a health and wellness and personal care credit card that has helped millions of people with promotional financing options and is accepted at hundreds of thousands of provider and retail locations nationwide we already have some folks in the live stream we're so excited to be here today Thank you everyone for joining us. So today we're actually gonna be answering some questions about cosmetic, plastic surgery, and reconstructive procedures with Dr. Justin West. So before we get started, we actually have three Amazon gift cards to give away today, each valuing $200 and you can win one of them. So all you have to do is like Care Credit on Facebook and participate in the comments today during our show. It's so easy. So every 10 minutes you'll have a chance to enter. So we encourage everyone to stay active during the whole show. So here's how to enter the care credit live sweepstakes in the first part of our show. So during the first 10 minutes, ask Dr. West a question in the live chat and everyone who comments with the question will receive one entry into the sweepstakes. So keep those questions coming. notices necessary, open to legal residents of the 50 US and territories 18 and over who like the Care Credit Facebook page. This ends 30 minutes after live stream event launches. For the official rules, including odds, entry requirements, and prize description, visit carecredit.com careexpertslive care experts live slash sweepstakes rules. Void or prohibited, restrictions apply. See amazon.com gclegal GC legal and see the link to the official rules in the comments. Now, winners will be selected and notified by at CareCredit on Facebook after the conclusion of this episode. So we will announce the winners at the beginning of the next Care Credit Expert Live broadcast. So bring on those questions. All right, everyone in the live chat. I'm so excited for you guys to be here today. Let's meet our expert. Today, we're so excited to be joined by Dr. Justin West, who is a board-certified plastic surgeon um, who works at Cosmetic Care Plastic Surgery and MedSpa Spa in Newport, California. Dr. West, thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: We are so excited. So before we start, I just want to get to know you a little bit better. So why don't you tell us just something about yourself, what you like to do when you're not helping your patients? Well,
1: I have three kids under the age of 10. So when I'm not here at work uh, taking care of patients, I'm usually at home chasing children around, taking them to their activities, their sports, uh, all their little hobbies. So that's what I spend almost every waking minute doing. Hobbies are a thing of the past for me. So, it's all about the kiddos these days.
0: Well, I think that's fine, getting to spend time with your kids, because I'm sure you work a lot. So, that must also just be, you know, that, that's your new hobby, I guess.
1: It is, yep, full-time.
0: And what brought you to Newport Beach, California?
1: I grew up in Southern California. I grew up in Houston, inland just about 15, 20 miles from here. Um, I did all my training on the East coast and after being away from the beach for a very long time, I thought I would get a little bit more coastal. So we've been to Newport. Um, I mean, it's a hard place to not be happy. We've got, uh, I mean, everything you need here and on a day like this, I can't imagine living anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. We've got, uh, views of the ocean, views of the water, great restaurants. Newport beach is just a great place to be We're really lucky to be here.
0: I can imagine. And tell me, Dr. S, did you always know that you wanted to be a plastic surgeon since you were a child?
1: I kind of guess and no, I suppose. So my father was a surgeon, uh, just retired recently. So I grew up hearing stories about surgery and I found them really compelling. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I think I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to be a doctor and probably a surgeon because those stories, I wanted to do those things that I heard my dad uh, you know, doing. And in med school, my intention was to, uh, to become a general surgeon, but I ended up doing an elective in plastic surgery. And I saw my first reconstruction case. It was a breast cancer patient who had a, mastectomy and got a, a, a pretty a substantial reconstruction where we used the tissue from our belly to rebuild our breast. And that just stuck wow. with me in a way very different than general surgery. So I, I changed past there and decided instead of general surgery to do plastic surgery. Um, it just, it really resonated to put somebody back together make them feel whole and complete and feminine after going through something that was really emotionally challenging Um, it was a really neat thing to be a part of.
0: well thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of personal details about your life um and i feel like we know you a little bit better so let's just turn to our audience and jump into a question um let's see so the first question that i have is what's the recovery like for a rhinoplasty and how quickly can I go back to work? And that's from Steve H.
1: That's a great question. So I would say in terms of, there's, there's a lot of different parts to that, but in terms of how you will feel, most patients feel okay after about two or three days, a day or two, there's a lot of stuffiness, swelling. You know, you look in the mirror and you get black and blue eyes, and you think, what did I do to myself? Uh, there's a splint that patients have to wear that they can be a little bit self-conscious about. Uh, if you're working from home, you can probably do that within 48 hours. In terms of feeling good about how you look to the public, it might be a week or two, you know, a week to get the splint off, depending on, you know, whose practice you're at. Um, and then to get the full resolution of all the bruising, maybe about two weeks. So it really depends on what you do, who you're in front of, how comfortable you are. But uh, if it's working from home, that's super, you know, usually 48 hours, a lot of our patients are getting back to the normal routine.
0: Wow, so it's not very long at all, I guess. Not really. Um, so we have a question from Tuck R. Are there any negative long term effects from using Botox?
1: Not that we're aware of. I think that, you know, we've been using Botox for a long time now. And I, th- I think that, you know, by, we're, they've been in use long enough that if we were going to see problems, we should see reports over and over by now. You know, fast forward 20, 30 years, is it possible? Sure. You know, sometimes we see that with medications, but those are usually medications that people are in their mouth. You know, we find that you you use a pill and use it for 30 years. Sometimes you have issues with your kidney or your liver. You know, Botox, it's injected. It, it gets down in a. It's, it's basically entirely out of your system within three months. Um, I think that you can, when I think of Botox and problems, it's could you have a toxic response from having too much? Yes uh if we were to have hundreds of units injected into you you could have serious problems Um, but that's not how we in plastic surgery the use of hundreds units would be unheard of Um, believe it or not botox is actually used outside of cosmetic surgery so we use it in people who have joint contractures uh, patients with cerebral palsy and other medical problems where we actually inject botox to sort of try to loosen up their muscles at their joints in those cases, we're offering hundreds of units, and I say we, I don't do those injections myself, but neurologists, orthopedic surgeons, and other folks, uh, and so there are procedures where, like that, where you could be, you're using a higher overall concentration, uh, more product, could you have problems? Sure, but we've also learned over time really how to avoid that too, so in the, going back to cosmetic procedures, no, I mean, right now, there's no... The, the risk of Botox is, is really quite minimal. What we see is maybe sometimes some local uh, reaction at the skin, but in terms of long term use, no issues.
0: Well, that's great to know. And also, I'm sure, just you know, as you said, it has been tested and been used in so many other um, procedures besides cosmetic procedures. So that's that's good to know for patients as well. Um, We have another question from the chat from Joni R, who is asking, how do I prepare for a facelift and when is the best time to get one?
1: Well, I think there's, there's a couple different components to that question too. So in terms of, let's start with when's the best time to get one. I think that when you find yourself looking at the mirror and doing this, once a day or twice a day consistently and you start to see the loss of that jawline and you pull back and you say okay that's the jawline i'm used to seeing or you're really bothered by your neck either in photographs or when you're on zoom calls i mean these days we spend more time looking at our faces than we ever have before because of all the social media stuff that that people are doing but if you're pulling your, your skin back this way say oh that's that I really want to see again, then you're probably going to end up being a candidate for a neck lift. I mean, ultimately, you need to see a plastic surgeon to be evaluated to say, yes, in fact, you have the, the anatomical features that are associated with somebody who's ready for a facelift. But um, that's part of it, is do you have the features that are associated with it? You know, if you're 40 years old, and you have a jawline, and you're probably not going to be a candidate for it. If you're 44 years old, and you just happen to have a different type of skin with a really loose neck and loose jawline, you may absolutely be ready in the patients who aren't ready till they're, till they're in their 60s. So each of us inherits from our parents a, a different set of genes and, and some of the genes help to, to look good longer um but really it really comes down to is do you have the features have you lost that jawline and then have you lost the neck uh the other part of it um in terms of the question was about recovery what was the first part sorry i got sort of focused on the second part of it.
0: yeah no just how do you prepare for a facelift and what the best uh, time is and i know i can do you- it sort of kind of varies depending on person, but I think he yeah. was all wondering um, how to prepare for a facelift.
1: I think, you know, preparation, you know, th- there's, I guess you would spend your time finding the, the, the right plastic surgeon to do your work, right? So part of the preparation is doing interviews, having consultations, um, you know, then there's things that you can do for your skin care. If you're a smoker, you want to stop smoking, that just degrades the quality of your skin. Um, you want to start using sunscreen if you are already doing it, antioxidants, you want really good skincare. The way I think about a facelift, you can think of it like, like working on a house. If you just paint a house that's forty-five years old, it's still a forty-five-year-old house, but now it has a fresh coat of paint on it. If you go and you start replacing some of the lumber, some of the structure, now you're getting, you're, now you're changing that house more, and you're going to have a more durable result. And so, a facelift will get will tighten the deep structures below the skin. You're also going to remove some of the excess skin. You also want to treat issues about the tone and the skin quality. So. Really, it's a holistic approach for total skincare, and it's something that usually your plastic surgeon will help you manage. So, I would say if you're thinking about faceless on a regular basis, start that process of scheduling consultations. Meet with them to do it well. Find a team you trust. Talk to them about skincare and make sure they're presenting you a total package in terms of you know covering not just the surgical side but all the really non-surgical parts that support that.
0: Well, thank you so much for that thorough answer. Um, It's been very informative, but before we continue, I wanna give a shout out to everyone that's been in our chat. I see Judy, Slim, Sandra, uh, Tisha. Thank you all so much for being here and thank you for tuning in. It's now time for our second chance to enter our sweepstakes. Now, during the next 10 minutes, comment with a heart emoji in the live chat to show Dr. West your appreciation Remember, it's not a heart reaction, but a heart emoji, and this will enter you into the chat, and one commenter who posts a heart emoji in the next 10 minutes will be our second amazon.com gift winner. So keep showing the love, everyone. Remember, you must also like Care Credit on Facebook. No purchase is necessary. Open to legal residents of the 50 US and territories, 18 and over who like the Care Credit Facebook page, Ends 30 minutes after a live stream event launches. For the official rules, including the odds, entry requirements, and prize description, visit carecredit.com slash care for live sweepstakes rules. Void where prohibited restrictions apply. See the amazon.com GC legal rules in the comments. Now the winners will be selected and notified by at care credit on Facebook after the conclusion of the episode. So we'll announce the winners at the beginning of the next care credit expert live broadcast. So now it's time to get back to your questions. So let's see. We had another question come in from Erica E about liposuction and it is, what are the differences between a tongue tuck and liposuction?
1: So tummy tuck is a procedure where we actually cut out extra skin and fat, so um, we're also tightening up the muscles that get separated either by weight changes or pregnancy. Liposuction uses very small incisions and you're just removing fat essentially through what looks like a metal straw. So the main difference is the tummy tuck is going to get rid of extra loose skin and it's also going to tighten up the muscle and that's going to give you a really flat belly. Um, if you've lost, if if your muscles have become uh, separated over time, uh, liposuction works great for patients who have a little bit of stubborn fat they can't get rid of with diet and exercise, where they've got great skin quality and all they need is a little bit of fat removed, and then the skin sort of shrink wraps around that.
0: Got it. Thank you so much for that. Now we had another question from Megan L, and this one is about lip fillers. And Megan wants to know how long does lip filler last?
1: So it depends on the patient and it depends on the product, but in general, let's say about three to six months. uh, It doesn't last as long as fillers in some other areas, mostly because the mouth is such a mobile structure. You know, if we put filler high up in your cheek, it moves as you animate your face, but not a tremendous amount. Whereas you can, as you notice. The screen and talking the mouth is moving constantly you put filler in the lips and it just gets distributed just much more quickly it just breaks down a little bit faster three to six is a pretty typical range depending on what product you pick
0: now we had an interesting question come in from amanda O, oh, who wants to know what are your thoughts on preventative botox and what age do you recommend starting
1: it's interesting when uh, i remember thinking it was 15 years ago or more when people started asking the question should we be treating wrinkles before we see it at the time i thought that you know it didn't make sense to me my thought was let's let's treat wrinkles once we see them and i think that as people have become as we have as providers become more and more comfortable with botox you know you start looking at using it in different ways and so i think it's it's definitely more common now for people to come in for preventative botox use um you know for In our practice, I would say, you know, probably patients in their early 20s are uncommon at all. These are often patients who haven't started to develop crow's feet, they haven't really started to develop lines, the the 11s between their eyes, but they don't want to. And so it's not unusual at all for us to inject before we see the problem. So I think it's it's a much more accepted trend than maybe we would have thought of 15 years ago.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we had another question from Lena W., who is asking, What are the pros and cons of traditional liposuction versus cool sculpting?
1: Well, cool sculpting is an amazing option, I think, for patients who never want to go to the operating room. So, if you have little trouble areas, let's say it's around your belly button, some fat, or you have some fat on your sides and your flanks, and the idea of going to the operating room is either scary or or you don't have the time to recover or you're, you know, the idea of having a procedure done during your lunch break while you get caught up on work. That sounds really appealing and cool sculpting can be amazing. Um, you just have to be prepared. It often takes a few cycles to get the results you want. So we have this concept of treat to complete. We, we keep seeing those patients mm-hmm. and we keep freezing those areas until they get the result they want. Liposuction is also a fantastic procedure. It's obviously a little bit different because it's a surgical it's a invasive procedure. Uh, in some cases, it can be done in the office when it's a very small area. In other cases where we're taking a lot more fat, we prefer to take those patients to the operating room. There's a bit, there's a, a recovery to it because it's surgery, whereas with cool sculpting, essentially you come in, read a magazine or get on your computer or while you're having your cool sculpting, right back to work or right back to life. So there's no recovery. So they're both great options. It really comes down to what what, is, what are the areas of concern? How big is the problem? And then what do you have time for? But between cool sculpting and liposuction, we can treat just about anybody. So it's nice to have both options available.
0: Yeah, it sounds like they're both great options, but just as you pointed out, the recovery time is gonna be a lot longer with one versus the other. Now we had another question from Erica B who wants to know what are the differences between a breast augmentation, breast lift and breast reduction?
1: Okay. So a breast lift, the way I think about it is this, if you are the kind of patient where when you have a bra on, you like the size of your breasts and what your breasts look like, but when you open that bra and your, and your breasts drop, um, the patient is a great candidate to be a breast for a breast lift. Essentially what we do is we're tightening the breast to get them to stay in that position that your bra is kind of creating. So we essentially remove some extra skin. It's it's sort of like, think of it like tailoring a dress. Um, A breast reduction, if that, now if you ask a patient in a bra, do you feel like your breasts are too big? They say, yes, I don't want to wear this bra size. I'm getting grooves in my shoulders, Uh, I've got neck pain, back pain. I just want them to be overall smaller. We do a very similar looking procedure where we're taking out a fair amount of skin but in addition to the skin we're also removing some of the fatty tissue and breast tissue so the scarring is very similar they're almost the exact same patterns but one is designed just to tighten on the outside and keep as much of that breast tissue and, and fatty tissue as possible for shaping, and one is actually designed to take away some of that breast tissue and augmentation is sort of a you know the, a procedure where we take uh, an implant either silicone or saline and we add it to your existing breast tissue, whether you a smaller breast tissue or a more moderate or large amount of breast tissue, just to add volume. And typically, more often than not, what our patients are when coming in augmentations are telling us is they really want to do it to fit differently to their clothes. They have bathing suits or strapless dresses or other types of garments that they're just not filling out that they, that they want to. So we'll add an implant and it gives them the volume typically in that upper pole so that they can fill out the clothes and, and feel more confident about themselves.
0: All right. well thank you so much dr west for that um it's now time for our third and final chance to enter Hair experts live sweepstakes so during the final 10 minutes comment with what topic you want to hear about in our next live episode one commenter will be selected as the winner of our third amazon.com gift card for posting a suggestion during these last 10 minutes. So, tell us what you want us to cover next time. And remember, you also must like Care Credit on Facebook. No purchases necessary. It's open to legal residents of the 50 US territories, 18 and over who like the Care Credit Facebook page and it ends 30 minutes after live stream event launches. For the official rules including odds, entry requirements and prize description, Visit carecredit.com slash careexpertslive slash sweepstake rules. where prohibited restrictions apply. See amazon.com gclegal and see the link to the official rules in the comments. The winners will be selected and notified by at carecredit on Facebook after the conclusion of this episode. So we'll also announce winners at the beginning of the next Care Experts live broadcast. Now I just want to call out a few participants and viewers we have in the chat. I see Patricia tori Brittany, katie alice thank you guys all for being here now it's back it's time to get back to our final questions um so dr west let's see i have a question from colette w who is asking what exactly is a mommy makeover
1: so it's a pretty common procedure and it really talks it's it's a combination of a few things. It's usually a breast procedure that could be placing implants, it could be a breast reduction or a breast lift, or it could be a breast lift with implants, and then a tummy tuck. Um, and the idea is that we, reasons for makeovers, we often see patients who come in, it's been six months or a year or two years since they had their last child, and they express concerns about the way their body has changed after um, pregnancy and plus or minus nursing you know, a child and they, they're concerned that they've lost the way that their belly used to look or their, their breasts have changed in a way that they're not happy with um, and so there's some common things that we see over and over typically it's breasts have dropped it's some extra skin and stretch marks that patients don't like and sometimes it's adding some fat out to the flanks so it's usually like breast surgery uh, to restore that the, the same look that they had before becoming pregnant flattening the belly by taking out skin and fat and tightening the muscle. And then oftentimes we're doing liposuction. Sometimes it's to the bra roll, sometimes it's the flanks, sometimes it's the abdomen, and sometimes it's all those areas. Uh, Just the common areas that that patients tend to complain about after going through that process, that changes your body so much.
0: What exactly is the recovery time for a mommy makeover procedure? Like this question is from Tisha S.
1: Yeah. It's one of the big recoveries. I mean, once you start time, the tummy tuck is really probably the biggest recovery of everything we do. And once you start adding procedures to that, you're, you're extending that. Um, I would say average, our patients typically start kind of getting back to feeling themselves within about five to seven days after tummy tuck, um, in terms of getting back, it really depends on what you do. If you work from home, a lot of our patients are working from home by about day five, six or seven commuting to work, it might be, we, we typically recommend patients take off about two weeks. If you have a really intense job, you know, sometimes we'll get uh, FedEx drivers or uh, UPS drivers uh, who have to carry a tremendous amount of weight. So their recovery might be more like six to eight weeks because they just need that much more time off before they really engage and flex that core. Um, we let people walk the day of surgery. We, in fact, we encourage it. We ask people not to go to the gym for about six weeks because we don't want you flexing and working out when we've just repaired the muscle separation. Um, but people typically start feeling pretty reasonable, like I said, day two, three or four. The first day or two could be um, is the challenging time. People don't sleep as well because they're a little bit uncomfortable. We take a lot of effort or we put a lot of effort into um, controlling patient discomfort through um, steps that we take while sleep and then steps that we take after they're asleep. So it's something that we think about all the time, how to make that experience as positive as possible.
0: We had another interesting question come in from Matt S. Who wants to know, what do you recommend we look for when shopping for a cosmetic surgeon?
1: Well, I think you want to find somebody who's well-trained to do the procedure that you're interested in. So in general, I would recommend finding a board-certified plastic surgeon. There is a difference between being a cosmetic surgeon and a plastic surgeon. Plastic surgery is an actual discipline where there is a residency. So I went through, for example, six years of plastic surgery training i then did a seventh year of fellowship um, cosmetic surgery is a discipline where you could be an ob-gyn you could be an er doctor go to a, a course in vegas and learn how to do breast augmentation and then you're out doing procedure so whereas i have done thousands of plastic surgery procedures by the time i start, i started my practice these people might have seen or observed or helped out in one or two procedures so I guess i would compare it to you know getting on a plane and asking your friend who took you know a couple of hours of flying lessons to fly to san francisco or do you want to go to san francisco with a top gun pilot um my mm-hmm. suggestion is it's your health and safety you find the best person i think the other part of it is then you know you also want to find out what does that board certified plastic surgeon do if that person does nothing but facelifts all day and you want to have uh, a tummy tuck that might not be the right person for you because as good as some of the surgeons are, very few people are good at doing everything in plastic surgery. There's just too many different procedures. So my recommendation is go through people's websites and make sure that they have good results for the procedure that you're looking for. Once you've narrowed it down to a few of those surgeons, then you want to go meet the doctors uh, and see where do you feel comfortable, who's Do you like who staff? Do you like? Do you feel like they're hearing your concerns? Um, And find a good fit um, because you're 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 gonna that person's gonna be taking care of you not just the day of surgery, but for the months and potentially years afterwards. Uh, You know, for us, when we put implants in, we follow our patients for a lifetime to make sure that they don't have any issues. So you want to make sure that person's well trained, has a good personality, that you feel that their plan is good, and that they're they're listening to you, that they're educating you appropriately. So you're really picking sort of a, a. a team to take care of you, um, so put put a lot of effort into that. Find a good team.
0: Yeah, thank you for that thorough, and that was a great great question again. And that was from Matt S and Tina J. Um, we have another question that just came in, and it's from Sheila B. Asking, Is there an age limit for cosmetic surgery?
1: Well, I mean, uh, on the you could talk about on the the both ends that equation. I would say. For most of the cosmetic procedures that we do, it's usually patients over the age of 18. Um, that's not always the case, there are some exceptions. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, is there an age after which it's too old to have surgery? In general, age is not a major risk factor. What's way more important is your personal health. So I would much rather operate on an 8-year-old who can walk three flights of stairs without getting short of breath than a 52-year-old who gets up one who goes up one flight of stairs and and can barely catch their breath. So the person's health status is far more important than the actual number of of how old they are. You know, we always, when we're seeing patients, safety is first and foremost, you know, we always wanna take care of patients and give them what they want if we can, but it starts with safety. So all of our patients from, in my practice, anybody over 40, we always ask to get medical clearance. So our patients, after meeting with us, they'll see their primary care doctor, we ask for a note that says, "Is is your patient, is our patient, in their best health. Um, if they need the patient to be uh, risky for surgery, we, we don't fight that. If, the, if we don't get sign up on the case, we don't do it. So safety is paramount. And I think that I would hope that most practices feel the same way. And I think that's probably the case.
0: Yeah, that was a great question. Um, we have another one that just came in from Tanya J asking how often will a patient need to replace a breast implant?
1: The data shows that it's roughly every 10 years, uh, patients will come in for surgery. Now, it's not always because of specifically an implant problem. Sometimes it's it's because they've decided the implant's too big, it's too small, it can be from a leak, it can be from this process called contracture. So if you step further and you say, how often would I need to have revision surgery after a breast augmentation? 50% of patients have surgery by year 10, 50% I've taken implants out that were as old as 44 years old. Uh, but I've also seen patients have problems three to four months after their first surgery. So there's a whole spectrum that in general, we usually think about this as a 10 as year process. So, you know, just like owning a car, very few people get to buy one car over the course of a lifetime with implants. It's sort of the same thing. You should go into it expecting that probably every 10 years you're going to do something. You might get more time. You might get less.
0: And Dr. West, our final question is from Jamie L. Who is asking, what is the most common plastic surgery procedure that you see?
1: Most of my practice is breast surgery. So, you know, for me, it's breast augmentations, breast lifts, I do a lot of revision breast surgery for people who have implants who don't like the way their implants look anymore. But uh, yeah, surgery is by far the most common thing I do on a daily basis.
0: Well, Dr. West, thank you so much for your expertise today. It was wonderful. We're so happy to have had you.
1: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for everybody for for participating. Thanks for all your great questions.
0: Yeah, and I just wanna uh, say thank you to our amazing audience and thank you for watching Care Experts Live. I know we had Tina, I see Paula, Alexis. Lena, Bill, and thank you to everyone who submitted those amazing questions and suggestions and showed all of the love today. Remember, like CareCredit on Facebook and all of our featured care experts and accept the CareCredit credit credit card, which is accepted at hundreds of thousands of locations nationwide. Visit carecredit.com for more information and be sure to subscribe to our weekly CareCredit podcast on your Fritlist platform and subscribe to the CareCredit YouTube channel for our new podcast every Wednesday. And don't forget to like us on Facebook to hear about our next live episode, which is coming very soon. I just wanna say thank you to Chuck, Bill, and Katie, Tracy, Christine, Ebony, everyone was so amazing. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week.